talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you gotta, you gotta get through that stuff. That's what we need to do. We'll just throw it into the lines. Okay. The underlines. Well, anyway, you're, uh... Well, anyway, uh, well, uh, here you are. Welcome to Doobie a Monster. The coolest monster podcast out there. That is the fact. Because, you know, like, we take it seriously, but not too seriously. And it's a nice, it's a nice, it's like the butter zone, right in the the wheelhouse. The butter zone. I think that is, I think that is a saying, the butter zone. Right, I think it is. Okay. Well, you know, we are also the saying guys. We're the saying guys. Because we're we're Albert and Ryan of of Don't Be an Idiom. Right. In case you don't know our other podcast. Yeah, our other podcast. Our our, our flagship. The flagship. Right. So many good phrases. Right. Uh, Wow. Thanks for tuning in, guys. You've reached the fourth episode here of our sideshow pod, Dubia Monster. Today's a doozy. Fourth dimension. The fourth dimension. It's going to be really, uh, you know, mm. really just going to get in there with the tentacles. So many tentacles. We have so much planned for this episode. We've been talking about this episode for, for a long like, time. For like months and months yeah. and months. Today is all about extraterrestrials. Aliens. Sounds like a theremin. It's exactly like a theremin, which, you know, it's connects to episode 40. Exactly. Uh, no, so uh, today is an, an alien-focused Dubia Monster episode. Uh, we're going to be talking about some sci-fi stuff. Mm-hmm. And also, we're going to be interviewing our brothers from Alien Mothers, Los Aquis. Oh my gosh, guys. These these are uh, our buddies from Colombia. This is us in Colombian version 10 years ago with better hair. Yeah, these guys have great hair. Great hair. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're younger, they they're more energy probably. Yeah. And they're, you know, handsome. Well, it's a better time 10 10 years if we were born in the, you know, the 80s, they they got a 10 year uh like a like kind of a you would think that we had the head start being born earlier, but no. No, no, no. No, 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 because the world wasn't ready yet when we were born, so we had to get through all the, uh-huh. you know, the weeds and the carbs, you know, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. They, they grew up clean, pure. Yeah. And, you know, we're, so they've, they're, they're, they're young and strong. Young and strong. So this is, a, this is an electronic duo um, that... I, I don't loves know, aliens. Loves aliens. Um, Maybe aliens. Ma- they could be aliens. Descendants of aliens. They might be actually actual descendants from aliens. We're going to find out about that later in the show. But um, we had posted a, a Don't Be an Idiom post. I think it was for episode 35. And I had some some flying saucers in there. Right. And uh, they, they just liked one of our Instagram posts, you know, via hashtag 21st century technology. And uh, we like checked them out. And we're like, these guys look fucking awesome very cool and then we checked out their music and we really liked it so um yeah we kind of struck up a relationship and uh we we sent them some questions to answer and so we're going to hear from them and play some of their music later and uh what a way to top an alien episode off and now we're just connected really 
Enough. Yeah. So, so hopefully one day we're going to do a, an episode in Bogota, Colombia. That's our goal. With our boys. With our boys. Danielle and Alejandro. Alejandro. I'm trying to uh, figure out which one, like if, 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 which, if, it, like who is the Danielle and who's the Alejandro of Don't Be an Idiom or Do Be a Monster, you know, like. Yeah, we'll need to get to know them a little bit better to determine that. Yes, we'll get to a lot better. Maybe. I feel like you're probably the Alejandro because you're. Oh, you think yeah. so? <laughs> because of, uh, my name starts yeah. with Al. <laughs> Alejandro, Alberto, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it yeah, just, right. it makes sense to me. It would be fun if we, you know, we got together and then like really right away, we're like, this one's my guy. And then like, we're just like, oh, let's, let's, let's make fun of the other ones. You know, you and Alejandro are going to gang up on me and Danielle. Yeah. I don't like that. Yeah. And we'll be the tall ones. And then we're going to be like, watch out, watch stomper on you. And then, and then you guys will be like, yeah, but watch this. And you're way better at talking to girls. So we're going to have, we're going to have a little trouble, but we're like, me and Alejandro, we're like, we're more fun. You know? So, (laughs) so it's like in on the back end, then, then they, when they're, the girls are done with you, then they're going to like us. I see. You've got this all figured out. I got it all figured out. (laughs) So you're going to want to stick around until episode 100. That, that's the episode that when we're going to drive down to Columbia. That's right. It's going to be a long drive. Right. Uh, and we're, we're gonna, you know, that's a way to celebrate one hundred, one hundred, episode one hundred. Bainty Cinco. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so stick around to the end, at the end of the episode. We're gonna be uh, talking to those guys. Um, also, what else? Oh, Albert had a little bit of an, an experience, a sci-fi experience on his walk so over. As you know, we, I am Ryan's neighbor now. We're finally both back in Philly. It's a f- true Philadelphia podcast. Mm-hmm. Both of them. So I'm walking down the street, and I have my alien mask uh, with me because it didn't fit in the backpack. And and these two people were like, "Hey, hey, where'd you, what what do you got there?" And I was I was already across the street, but I crossed back across, and I was like, "Oh, it's just this uh, this alien mask that I got." And they're like, "Where'd you get that?" And I was like, "Oh, the arcade, my favorite place." Uh, in the world, the fashion district, but I call it the mall because it's a mall. I don't know why everyone calls it the fashion district. I never caught it either of those things. Yeah. So um, I ended up making friends with Tiffany uh, and we walked a couple blocks because she lives on my old street, Dickinson. Mm-hmm. Ryan's uh, over here on ta- uh, Tasker, corner mm-hmm. Tasker. So we walked for a couple blocks. I got to know her and, uh, you know, she works at Miller's Ale House and she told me to come down and get pasta and chicken figures. And okay. I'm going to. <laughs> as soon as we're done here. Pasta and chicken fingers, huh? Uh-huh. And I am just going. I like to go on walks. And now mm-hmm. I got a reason to go on walks. I'm just going to be looking for Tiffany all the time. So she saw you with the alien mask. Yeah. And she's like. and, and you Got to talk to this guy. Yeah. she. Wow. Oh, she took my picture, too. That's funny. Yeah. We should try to find. Maybe she's posting Philly. Yes. Al- hashtag Philly hashtag alien. Philly aliens. That could be you. Yeah. Right. Wow. Could be the first, maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Could be the first uh, Philly alien. Who knows? <laughs> pasta and chicken fingers. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? Pasta and what? Pasta and chicken fingers. Oh, my God. And then she told me that she... Traditional Italian. She's like, but I'm not really liking Miller's Ale House these days because look at this. And she showed me this big scar on her Jesus. neck. And I was like, oh, just like I I, I had thoughts <laughs> of did someone attack you? And she's right. like, no, it's not... You know, 500 degree serving tray was I resting on my shoulder. And I, oh, and I was like, but isn't that, didn't you do that to yourself? 
That's a hot serving tray. Yeah. I don't know if it was actually 500 degrees, but. Right. But uh, she's that. telling the, she's, the story needs to have legs. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, no one's going to talk about it on air. Right. So. Okay. So I love her, and so, I'm sure uh, <laughs> we're going to find each other again. Okay. Good. You should bring some vitamin E over there for her, you know. Yeah. Her serving tray scar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll bring her some vitamin D. <laughs> Can't say that on the air. Um, now it's a difficult it's, climate. It's tough. It's you difficult can't say climate. anything now. But uh, you know, we it, we jest. We do. We jest. We are because um, we want to be fun for you. It's, it's yeah. This is for you, baby. Right. And when I say baby, I'm talking to you, Albert. And I'm talking to <laughs> Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Oh, another thing. So uh, I reached out to my uh, brother-in-law, who's a helicopter pilot, and I was like, "Hey, man." Have you ever had any uh, any sci-fi experiences? Any extraterrestrial sightings? And he was like, "Oh, he was like, yeah, you better believe it, you <laughs> salty dog, you salty dog, you." But uh, no, no, he he did have um like sort of like an unexplained, uh, mysterious sort of experience while yeah. while while you know what, what so, are the words I'm looking okay. for? So yeah, here's here's the thing, Patrick. He's kind of like my brother-in-law too, and he is a helicopter captain in in the navy, right? And he's like, I don't know if he's that's flying right. around helicopter captain. He's the he's the main guy, right? He his helicopter is bigger and a darker color than the rest of the helicopters, and that's how everyone knows. They're like, whatever he does, just do that. Anyway, he's on the FLIR. Right, which is like his radar thing. Yeah, he's equipped with the radar, the FLIR, which which basically picks up what other it it detects anyone else's radar. Yeah, and what they see on there is a is a glowing orb, a bright glowing orb. And then he's joking with his buddy pilot, who's like, he's like, oh, nice shot of the sun there. And then he's like, I, I it's, it's no sun there. That is not a sun, right? So they see this unidentified flying object essentially right yeah and then they're radioing down to the ship they're like yo what is this what is this and they're like we're not picking it up we're not picking it up the naval ship is not seeing anything on their end right so they're following it for 20 minutes yeah right and then it's zooms and 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 they're trying to maneuver to like get closer to it but but it moves in ways that our technology (laughs) can't that's the thing about these types of things well you didn't say that exactly you just said it also kept maneuvering in ways they should have been able to see it but they, but they didn't. But they couldn't. Right. And then eventually, he right. Ran I mean, out you're out there on the, you're out there on a ship wide open. Right. And then he ran out of fuel. Right. And they're like, they're to gotta back. go back. Right. I don't know. So I just, it's not worth dying for. <laughs> no, well, because you gotta live to explore another day. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Good point. Right. Live to explore another day. So um, anyway, listen. I love Navy. And military alien, you know, experiences because these guys, they're regimented, mm-hmm. right? They're they're tra- they're out there, just high alert. You know, they're not they're not drunk, <laughs> right? They have to maybe go through- back in the seventeen hundreds they were. Yeah, right. That's true. Not that's anymore. True. That's true. But like, also, they have to go through mental like battery tests, right? Like, they have to yeah. be competent to be out there. So. And they're not going to report something because this, I guess them telling us is an official report, (laughs) but they're not going to report something that's 
fake just for the fun of it because they're gonna get a bunch of trouble that's right they could be stripped from a, a sp- specific badge we yeah. even you know and if you know report the name too for. much then the men in black show up oh shit which, which it's going to come oh. up on this episode yeah we'll be talking about uh I'm sure both of us will be mentioning the Air Force at one point. Yes. Because when you start digging into American extraterrestrial experiences, Mm. the Air Force starts to come up. Oh, yeah. The men in black start to come up. Yes. So let's just dive Dive in. in. Yes. And see what happens today on Dubia Monster. 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 All right. So who's going first? All right. So we got our monster cards here. Mm-hmm. A little different than Don't Be an Idiot. We just we play war. Whoever's got the high card gets to go first. That's no. Don't we do three card? Uh, like the three card thing? Well, that's war. Oh wait. Oh, is it? I yeah. 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 We don't pick random games, is what I'm saying here. No, we have a steady game for Which Divian is war, Monster. and war oh, okay. is the three card. Yeah, yeah, we're sorry. in war. I'm sorry, everyone. No, no, no. I actually, don't know or remember not games. Not everyone knows about war. Right, so what do you do again? We're going to imagine that me and Ryan are playing the regular game of war, okay. and we are. We just threw down the same card. Now we're going to do one, two, three, war, flip the fourth. Whoever's got the high card goes first, right? Okay. And Joker's a wild. Okay. Right? Yeah. One, two, three, war. I got a queen man-eating plant. I got a queen. That means... The vampire. It's a double war. Okay. And we have just... We don't have enough cards to play. So let's do the next one, right? Let's just flip the next one, yeah. I got a king beast. I got a king uh, alien invader. Whoa, topical. All right, let's do another one. I have a joker. I also have a joker. Robot. (laughs) I have a Joker Demogorgon. All right, this is the final. <laughs> this is the final one. Oh, it's a oh Jack. <laughs> I got a Jack. Wow. Too. Wow. Oh, how gotta, did we do this? Wait, take your bottom card. Jack. Take your bottom card and flip that. Wow, wow guys, this this is that <laughs> seems imp- unprecedented. <laughs> I think imp- the Los Keys boys are up to something. <laughs> I got a queen. All right, Albert's going first. Nope. You go. Uh, That's you. It's the luck of the draw. The luck of the draw. It's the luck of the draw, matey. So which monster are you uh, focusing on today? Well, I'm going for a big heavy hitter here, and mm-hmm. it is the Mothman. All right, so the Mothman uh, holds a special place in Ryan and I's hearts because... Uh, when we went on a road trip a couple years ago, we, yeah, we planned that stop in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. It's our first stop. It was our first stop. And if, you know, we started in South Jersey, so that's, that's a hike. Like that was like a, what, like a, how long were we driving that day? 11 hours? 11, 13 yeah. something hours or whatever. But, um. The, the day one of a road trip, you want to drive far. You got energy. Yeah. You're getting up early. You're not ready. <laughs> I wasn't. Uh, but anyway, so that was our that was our first stop of, of that that road trip. And um, Point Pleasant, you have to understand this. We've been there. It's a very small town, mm-hmm. and uh, and and we loved it. They have a they have a Mothman statue. They had a museum. Town. They have a Mothman museum. Yeah, uh, which we got to go to, and we even stopped in the unofficial Mothman Diner. Even though it's not called the Mothman Diner. Remember that? We went to that Actually, little... Actually, I don't. There was a little 
Like a little cafe. It was a or... little tiny spot that we went into, and they were... I barely remember. It's not even called the Mothman Diner, but they they were like the unofficial Mothman Diner. Yeah. And then I remember there was one guy that we talked to. I can't remember what he was. I don't know. He was probably at the Mothman Museum when we were like, uh, so the Mothman Festival, right? Yeah. They they have it every September. And I was like, we were like, that's pretty cool, right? And he was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) They do not. This guy guy didn't like the, uh, the tourist influx, but... I think a lot of people do in Point Pleasant. I mean, come on. Like comparing like the amount of tourists that are going to West Virginia compared to I mean, a major city in you know, I mean, Europe or something. You know, technically, at some point at least, Point Pleasant was considered a city. Oh my god. Even though gosh. it's only like 3 miles square and only has like, I don't know, like 4,000 people in it. Well, you know, but I think that was back when it was first invented and cities weren't <laughs> invented. As big, you know? <laughs> no, they don't I mean, name they towns that, no they more. They had a bridge. They don't name tons no more. That's tons. tons. They don't name tons no more. No, they don't. Uh, so anyway, so that's what, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk about the Mothman and why don't we just dive right in? Yeah. Tell us okay. about it. Because some people out there might not know any, anything about the Mothman. All right. But he's a big one. So the Mothman is a big one, and he's big to us. But the, uh, here's what you need to know getting into it. There are four main sightings that we could essentially count as like legitimate. There are many more sightings after those first four that you got to kind of take with a grain of salt. And we're going to talk about the first four. Yeah, okay. Okay? That's a good way to go. So the most popular quote-unquote first sighting is not the first sighting. The, the, the real first sighting is um, November 12th, 1966 in Clendernan, West Virginia. Clendernan. So it's just, it's like, it's, it's not near Point quite Pleasant. Ple- Point Pleasant, but yet five grave diggers. They're out there in a local cemetery digging up the grave, can right? We start, can we start a band called Five Grave Diggers? Yeah, of course we can. <laughs> okay, thank we, you. we already got John on the hook, so we're good. <laughs> I hope he's listening. He's not. So what they saw that night was a human looking figure uh, fly out from the trees. And for about a minute, it was just flying around and swooped low over their heads and then took off. And that's the first sighting. That was it. That was it. Just a humanoid figure. Humanoid figure in flight. Could have been Superman. Okay. The very... Two nights later. <laughs> the very two nights the very later. two nights yeah. later. November 14th. This is in Salem, West Virginia. Okay. We're still not to Point Pleasant yet. All right. Okay? I'm okay with that. So there's this guy, Newell Partridge. So he sees these two red glowing objects hovering over a field at the end of his property. About, about like 100 meters away, right? Yeah. It's a tall, dark figure. Oh my God, my computer, <laughs> sorry. Tall, dark figure standing on a tree branch. And he realizes that those red objects are the glowing eyes of whatever's looking at him. So famous so if now. you don't know about the Mothman, the glowing red eyes yeah, are his most prominent and, <laughs> and, and, and famous feature. Yeah, that's the ticket. That's it. Yeah. If you know nothing else, right? So... He says that the thing rises into the air and flies away, issuing a blood-curdling scream. Wow. His dog, Bandit, a German shepherd, chases after it. 
and is never seen again. Nah, really? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, that oh, is. My, you're bringing a dog know, death to the I podcast. Know. And if you, for those of you who don't know me, my entire life growing up, my dad only got German shepherds. We yeah. had German shepherds my entire life. Yeah. The last one was Maddie. Still got a picture of her in my room. Dude, I remember Fucking Maddie. I love German Shepherds. That was like 25 years ago. Yes. <laughs> Actually, she died on President's Day of, of, of my eighth grade year. And my mom made me go to school the next day. And Come I on. basically just cried. <laughs> and everyone looked at me in Mr. Wood's class. And it was just awful. But oh, man. Anyway. So, uh, so this guy... So this guy sees it. This is still not the. This is still not the famous first uh, encounter. Yeah, that would be the third sighting. So this is the very next night on November fifteenth. This one's in Point Pleasant. So you got a double date going on. You have Mister and Mrs. And by the way, Spicy. These are these are both Mister and Mrs.s. Like, and they're still going on double dates. What, married dates? Married dates. Okay, this sounds made up. Yeah, but you know what? Back then- That's the hoax. That Back then, right, right, that's the hoax. <laughs> but you got to think, like back then, people were getting married at what, like 13, 14? You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, right, yeah. And like, they're still just having fun while they're dating, right? Love it. I'm not dating married while they're married. <laughs> married! So so my my whole thing is, they're out on they're out on a drive, right? Yeah. And it's Mr. 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 and Mr. Roger Scarberry mm-hmm. and Mr. and Mrs. Steve Millette. Okay. They're driving through something that is known as the TNT area in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Now, I feel like I should pause the story here and explain what the TNT area is. Yeah, go ahead. So there is about an 8,000 acre area of Point Pleasant where there's all of these concrete igloos, they're, they're called. And in World War II, they used them to store ammunition. So those are still there. They're like really? these little, they're like these like little bunkers or That's whatever. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Ryan and I missed those on our trip, but, but <laughs> you true. can do tours and stuff. If you I will go, go back. Yeah. Well, yeah. You can do tours. And uh, so they were out there driving on like this deserted road and they see. A seven foot tall figure is, was what they they, ga- they gauged it. They yeah, were, yeah. It was like they were like it was a very tall. I, this was in 1962, still 66. 66. Okay. Yeah. So and this is only um, three days after the initial first sighting. Yeah. Keep in mind, nobody has like talked talk to nobody, each other. Nobody's been able to like communicate about this. That's only, what I like about the story. A couple days apart. Yeah. From the grave diggers to the to the um, to the uh, Newell Partridge to this, mm-hmm. it's a three day lapse, and nothing is public, right? Mm. So anyway, so they're driving down uh, down in this like secluded area, probably out on like a lovers lane mm. kind of thing, French kissing, and, right? <laughs> which is which is something, something you've never I've done. heard about. <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna get to France someday, okay. you know? Yeah, someday, uh, right? Uh, so anyway, they see this thing, seven feet tall. They, they believe that they saw something look, that looked like folded wings uh, behind its back. Huge red eyes that they said looked like a car reflector, like the yeah, way yeah. that like red reflectors. Uh, and in this case, no arms or head. 
So just eyes and the wings. If you look up some images of yeah. the Mothman, right? His body is like it looks like the the head is kind of sunken into the chest. So the eyes are on top. It kind of reminds like a toad. Me, no, no, no. In like. Imagine if you cut your head off and you put your oh, eyes. Oh, I know the images you're talking about. It's like all shoulders. All shoulders. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. All, and wings. Right. So shoulders it doesn't and need. Wings. It doesn't need arms. Yeah. Right. It reminds me of that red Looney Tunes monster. Remember that? Red yeah. Red yeah. Monster? Like, and his eyes were in. His I love that chest guy. cavity. Right. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It reminds me of that. So uh, they see this. They see this thing, and and. Uh, there was also this one mention of a possible dog carcass when they first see it, which makes you maybe think, is this band connected to the farm? Right, right. So uh, the guy guns the car and he, they are out of there. They're, they're zooming away, right? All of a sudden, the thing rises up in the air and it is flying right over the top of the car. Now, there's some really cool, like, comic book imagery of some, yeah. stuff like that you might have seen of the Mothman. And he is, what they said, the eyewitnesses said, was that it didn't even flap its wings when it was, when it was going over the car. It is just like whoosh, in this swoop, like hovering over the car. And the driver says that he got his car up to 100 miles an hour. And this thing is keeping pace without even flapping its And it's wings. like, what, above them as they're driving? It's like right above the car. They're like in a convertible? Like, or? Uh, I don't think it was a convertible, but it was like this cool like 57 Chevy or something. Like a classic song that you write a Joel car about. would have about. only been 10 years old. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> He's got it. It's nice, though. He kept it nice. <laughs> All right. He waxed it up. Right. <laughs> you got to wax it up. So anyway, this thing is flying over top of them, and they said that it made the sound like a record being played at a really high speed or oh, like a that. mouse squeak. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when they get about to like the edge of town, the thing takes off, right? And then they're freaked out, and they're like, should we go to the cops? What should we do? I don't know. Amazingly, they decide, let's go back and check out to see if what we saw is really real. So they go back to this TNT area. It's a lot of like old abandoned factories, stuff like that. Yeah. And they say that they see it again, shambling around no into like this. Could you imagine seeing like this big God, like, I would, seven foot thing like ship? Honestly, I would into kill it. to see a seven foot anything shambling around. As long as I had a protective bubble, yes. No, I just want to see it. I would be. I would never have gone back. The red eyes. You are you telling me that if you see a monster and yeah. then it chases your car away, but it felt like it wasn't chasing. Back. It felt like it wasn't chasing the car. It was, it was just hovering above the car as they were driving a hundred miles an hour. That's chasing. But like moth moths to a light. It was just sure. Maybe it was sure. just. I get that. I, I get that. I saw the light. It was gliding along with it. I think it was demonstrating its ability and power. Oh, it was showing off. Flexing. I mean, I think that thing is saying, look what I can do. I'm not even <laughs> flapping my wings. And then you go back? Yeah. Anyway, they go back and they see it again. Then they decide to run to the police station and they give this whole report, which you can see the handwritten report at the Mothman Museum, which me and Ryan have been to. And I don't remember reading it because we, <laughs> we were just kind of like, what's going on here? <laughs> but 
But like, I can't wait to go back now that I know all this stuff. Yeah, me neither. Um, they go back, and then the very next day, they decide to hold a, hold a press conference about it. Who's the 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 um like sheriff? The and- sheriff. It's such a small town that the sheriff uh. No, actually knew these people. And he said that they were so shaken and it was so, the the idea of them faking this. Right. He's like, I saw their state. Because it's a small town. He would have known them. He trusts the people. And it's like, you can tell when someone's really shook. Right. Yeah. Right. And he's like, this is to him. It was just not a hoax. He believed it and wanted to, you know, great. Yeah. Make it a thing. So, the very next day. So now this is from the first sighting. We're at day four, right? Right. It's November 16th. Um, they they give a whole thing like in town about like what these people saw. And there's this guy named Robert Smith, Dr. Robert Smith, who is a wildlife expert who Dr. announces Robert. that um, he's like, well, you know what? I believe this could be the uh, uh, Sandhill Crane. Because there are these birds that um, are big, and even though they're normally around four feet tall, they can get up to six feet tall. Yeah, all right. And they have this uh, like shock of red feathers around their eyes. Oh, really? So he was saying, this could be a sandhill crane. So that's one of the scientific explanations of that. Yeah. yeah. Now, but isn't Robert Smith the singer of The Cure? Is he? Bobby Smith? Bobby Smith. I don't know. Is he? Is that his name? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so you're telling me the singer of The Cure was trying to yes. just explain this away? Yes. With a crane? A sandhill crane. Sandhill crane. Okay. Anyway, all of the witnesses that had like heard that theory were like, we would, no, this was man-shaped, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. So, uh, humanoid. Humanoid. I'm... Humanoid. I'm annoyed that you don't think it's humanoid. Exactly. That's that's what I was looking for. Okay. So that night there was there was the um, they wrote about it in the evening edition of the paper. While that was being put out, there was our fourth sighting, and this is our last sighting that's considered like legitimate, like right? canon. Canon. Mm-hmm. Is that a word for? Canon. It's like the the main source, the foundation of yeah. Of because the idea is that um, th- th- they c- like it was happening around the same time the paper was coming out. But anyway, so we w- it's November sixteenth. We've got a couple of people in a car here. It's uh, Marcella Bennett and her baby Tina, and then we got Mister and Mrs. Raymond Walmsley. Walmsley, they, Walmsley. are there four A's in their name or Walmsley. Also, I don't trust babies. Does this baby say anything? Well, the baby plays a part. Here. Oh. <laughs> so they were going to visit the Thomas family mm-hmm. on the outskirts of town. The outskirts. All right. When they pulled up, they saw a large gray figure with terrible eye, red eyes rise up from the ground. Terrible red eyes. Terrible red eyes. Marcella, in her panic, actually drops her baby. Nice. Like and kicks it. All accounts <laughs> kicks field goal. <laughs> um, so she drops the baby, then kind of collects herself, picks up the baby, and runs to the Thomas home. The adult Thomases were not even there. The the children. I don't know where the adults were, but the children had to let her in because she was so frantic. Right. 
Mothman apparently comes up to the house and is peering in the windows and the red Seriously? eyes. Seriously? This is uh, this is multiple sources that I read uh, talks about this, Whoa. this ex- encounter. So the, the red eyes are in the windows of yes the house. There, there. It's it's this this account says that it essentially followed them up to the house and was like looking oh, in I the like window. That. Yeah, right. So then the cops come a half hour later. Of course, Mothman's gone. Of course, yeah. But Marcella claims that um, Mothman would come to her house after this incident on multiple occasions. And for years, she suffered nightmares and other mental health issues. (laughs) Well, is it possible that she was just crazy? Maybe, but there were... Also, the Mothman returned... On several That's occasions. What she says. That's what she says. All right. Maybe this mama had but, a little, you know, some but, mental troubles. But there were two other adults with her in the car and the kids that were in the house that, you know, like corroborated the story. So Corroboration. I can't really important. get into those other sightings. No, no, no. At that point, she could have been driven mad. Sure. It could have been the first one. And then the other ones were right. psychological. Right. right. But the thing I like about her story is that, yes, even though it's possible that she read the account or yeah. heard the, you know, the press conference yeah, yeah. and then just decided to be bonkers. Yeah. You know what? Actually, I might strike hers from the record because odds are she in a small town, she could have been at the like, what, what do they have in press conferences about? Like, <laughs> yeah. like the trash is not being picked up enough. We're going to have yeah. two trash days. Two trash days. Oh my gosh. <laughs> too many. Just think of the pickings. Um, <laughs> So I guess hers could be like, yeah, right? Yeah. I don't know. And, and I don't think she wanted that baby. Um, <laughs> so there was many, many more encounters from 66 up to 67. Right. Um, but you kind of can't really hang your hat on a lot of those yeah. because now it's public knowledge and that's when everybody comes out of the woodwork. So my, the question that's kind of running through my head, and although I've been with Albert, to Point Pleasant to the Mothman Museum. I've never really kind of done a deep dive into him. What's his relationship to aliens and extraterrestrial life? We're getting there. Okay. I'm sorry it's taken a while, but we are getting there. In case the people at home are also wondering that, I'm also like, you know. I'm actually going to, I'm going to throw that on the back end with a nice twist. Oh, Okay? okay. But before I get there, it, in December uh, December 15th of 1967. Yeah. All of this Mothman craze culminated with the collapse of the Silver Bridge. I've heard of that. Okay. Yeah. So the Silver Bridge went over the Ohio River and uh, they were. it was during afternoon rush hour and 46 people died oh as this bridge that was like basically structurally unsound collapsed. Yeah. Right. Um, and... The funny thing about that is the Mothman sightings. There shouldn't be any funny anything funny about the that. The interesting thing. Okay, there you go. Is that the Mothman sightings stopped after that? As soon as that bridge collapsed, it was it was over. It's an alien with a conscience, or maybe an alien with a mission. Oh. So a lot of people question: Was the Mothman responsible? Was he a harbinger of death? Yeah. Was he? I don't know. I don't know either. So. uh Here's some theories about Mothman. We heard the Sandhill Crane. There's also the idea that it was a hoax uh, 
brought a, an elaborate hoax designed to keep a small town alive mm. because Ryan and I have been there and this thing is barely a town. But I do believe that it survives on like some tourism, right? Yeah, people I mean, do come there. They do. I mean, like they have And if the, you're there, you might as well eat some lunch, and buy some, a coffee, some dinner, get some dinner, you know? some soup. And it's a beautiful little town, but there so there's there's that theory. It's on the too. water, right? There's a river that runs Very through. Very nice. It's the Ohio River. Yeah, down down there there's that painting on the wall, remember of all the That's a great mural. Murals yeah. of the, Native Americans trading apples with the pilgrims. With the bullshit fucking asshole pilgrims. Right, right, yeah, right. Okay, right. That. Uh, yeah, that's implied. <laughs> um, so there's also the theories that it's a sim- uh, symbol of impending doom. So some stuff I read says that things like the Mothman have shown up in the world yeah. before big events. Oh, um, okay. I didn't dive deep in that, so I'm not going to give you any examples of it. <laughs> And then we get into the idea of, is it an extraterrestrial or an, a term that I never heard until this research was an ultra terrestrial. Ooh. You ever heard that no, one? No, no, I have not. It's a, it's a being from another dimension. Oh shit. Now the reason I feel like I haven't heard of ultra terrestrial as yeah. a term is because I think a lot of people that believe in aliens kind of already have this idea that well they're really it's not that they're from another planet it's from they are from another dimension so I've just never really heard you think most UFOologists or alien believers just think aliens are from another dimension John John Keel the expert on the Mothman yeah. yeah Dude, he... He's the writer of the Mothman Prophecies. Mothman Prophecies, not the Richard Gere movie. Like, what that was inspired by. Like, that guy, he totally believes, as do a lot of, like, UFOologists or whatever, that it's not so much that they're coming from far away. They're just coming from a different dimension. It's like stepping through a doorway, right? Okay. Or they're, like, right on top of us all the time. I've just never heard that that term, ultra-terrestrial. Very cool. I like it. (laughs) I'm going to use it. I like like it a lot. (laughs) Um, so here's where I'm going to wrap everything up. Okay. So I want to talk about Mr. Ingrid cold C O L D two weeks before the first Mothman sighting. Yeah. There was this guy named Woodrow Derenberger. He's driving on I 77 right near point pleasant. Sure. And he sees a UFO that he, what he describes as it looks like a pot belly stove flies alongside him and parks right in the middle of the road. So he stops, right? Yeah. Then this person that's human-y looking. Human-ish, yeah. Humanoid <laughs> comes over and he's able to communicate with, uh, with Woodrow telepathically. And he's asking about the strange glow on the horizon. And Woodrow tells him, he's like, well, that's the lights of a nearby town. Right. So he could be talking about point pleasant probably probably is yeah because it was like a small city yeah yeah um and then he asked lots of questions about the people and about the surrounding areas and so they've got noses like here and fingers right Right. yeah and he even tells woodrow he's like i'm from another planet like i'm from another planet oh he just admitted it right there he was like super open about it and one thing that i thought was interesting about mr cold was that he had like when he got out of his UFO, yeah, he sent it like with a remote up high enough so that traffic could go by. That is 
That's a good citizen right casual. there. This casual. Yeah. Casual. <laughs> Super cash. Yeah. So um, that's a much bigger story. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Cold continued to visit with uh, Woodrow Derenberger and actually made it like he he reported what was going on and like made him like a celebrity and then it essentially kind of like ruined his life because Mm -hmm. people wanted to know but um since then many 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 abductees have claimed that they've been visited by mr cold and you know it's like you could say that it was because of this initial yeah is it because they know of the name or they they've heard the story but it wasn't like widely you know, it wasn't like widely publicized. But what's the relationship between Mr. Cold and Mothman? Uh, well, just that, like, okay, coinc- like it just seems like too big of a coincidence that two weeks before Mothman shows up, you get this alien yeah. that shows up and is asking lots of questions about. I see about the surrounding area. Could it be that he 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 like was able to take human humanoid form? Oh, but it, sure. But but, but but Mr. Cold was Mothman. Oh man, see that? See that's that's like. Oh, that's great, right? Like, so you're thinking that, right? So I was thinking something like this is like, Mr. Cold, Cold comes down and is like, casing the joint, right? Yeah. He's asking about all this stuff. Oh, yeah. What's your and then he's like, there? all right, we got to send a Mothman in here. Yeah. And then he's going to mess with stuff. <laughs> because Mothman was there for 13 months. It was right. like, it was like almost just a year when he showed up and then the bridge collapses. Right. And then you don't hear about him anymore. Yeah. So it's like, Coincidence? Coincidence? I don't know. But um, the, the final thing to note about all this is all the while, while, uh, while the Mothman shit was happening, and, and John Keel reports on this a lot, is yeah. that there were many UFO sightings and strange lights on like out in the middle of nowhere. Like the Mothman prophecies, the book is so little about mothman himself and all about like the surrounding ufo stuff that's happening so i think that's why a lot of people lean towards mothman as being there's some extraterrestrial connection to mothman got it. the final final thing is that there was a lot of men in black activity going on at this time i mean i can't tell you how many um people were contacting john keel during this year and like there's men in black showing up and, and, and it's, it's like the same kind of description. Like they talk about this olive skin, the, the clothes not fitting right. Uh, people, I, I remember that one thing that was so weird was uh, they would come to your door and uh, people would invite them in because they would be acting like you won some sort of a sweepstakes or, weird, or things yeah. like that. And then people would ask them, like, can I get you anything? And they'd be like, not right now, but in 10 minutes, I'll need a glass of water. So the men in black are portrayed as being quite extraterrestrial themselves. The men in black seem to be imitating humans as best they can. Oh, see that I've not. And they have like classic cars, like even like in the movie, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, they're driving like those old, those big, long, like, what are they? Like Chryslers or Cadillacs (laughs) or whatever. That shit comes from the real reports, like these pristine cars that like, you know, would be like 10 years old at least at the time. And, uh, you know, not wearing the proper clothes, like on cold nights and things like that. And the one thing I loved is that they would take these giant pills 
because their faces would start turning red. Oh my God. So while they were, while they were interviewing people, they'd be like, I I need a glass of water because, and then, and then they would take this giant pill and then they would, their complexion would. Holy shit. And basically they were just pumping them for information, but yeah, there's right. so much to know about Men in Black, people. Well, I'm going to bring up the Men in Black in a little bit, actually. Yes. Oh, well, then that's the way this cookie crumbles. <laughs> I forget if we did that on this show. No, I don't think we do that on this show. Okay. Well, listen, uh, we will see you the summer 2021 in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, live. <laughs> because we're going back. I got a lot of questions. Damn straight. All right. We'll be back right after this musical interview. Welcome back to Doobie and Monster. It's going to be a terrifying second act. You know, uh, that little interlude comes from a hardcore punk band that Albert and I used to be in. Hell yeah. And uh, that the background noise is from a, a, a record. <laughs> it's a, but it, it's like a haunted house record from the 60s. Yes. But it's a Disney haunted house record. That's because Disney was just signing things back then. They were not worrying about what's going on. So hopefully Disney never figures that out. Right. Luckily, we're pretty, you know, we're not, you know, we're not, not too big just yet. Oh, right. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> well, can Disney sue us for a recording of our own recording of their, oh, of their, of their thing? A recording of a recording. Yeah, it's kind of like. That's from, yeah, what's that from, like 2005? That sounds like uh What's it called when a ship can go out to the waters? International waters. International waters. Good. I'm glad you brought that up. So there's no there's no suing out there. There's no suing in the international no. waters of sound design. Exactly. Okay, good. All right. So, Albert. I'm ready for a story. Audience. Have you, and I feel like you have, but have you ever heard of the Flatwoods Monster? Yes! But, but I know nothing about that monster. You've heard of it, I've heard of the Flatwood Monster. I think it's in our monster book. It is in our monster book. Albert and I share a monster book that's going to... uh, Different editions. Build our path, our Dubia Monster road trip this summer. But I wanted to do an American extraterrestrial sighting that was formative in some way. So I chose the Flatwoods Monster, also known as the Braxton County Monster, cool. the Phantom of Flatwoods, and just simply the Green Monster. I like it. I like the Phantom of Flatwoods. I was going to ask you which one you liked I like most. That. I like that alliteration. The Phantom of Flatwoods is nice. Yeah, that repetition yeah, the, of consonants. The Phantom of Flatwoods. <laughs> the Phantom of Fatwoods. <laughs> So you want to guess uh, which state the Flatwoods Monster's from? Hmm. Florida? West Virginia. West Virginia? And we're going to go. Wait a second. And we're going to go. Wait, weren't we just in West Virginia for <laughs> but the we Mothman? Didn't, we didn't know, though. We didn't know, though. But we're, we're staying in West Virginia. See, this is, a, this is a twofer. It's a twofer. We can stay in one state and see two monsters. This is the West Virginia webisode. I, I love it. 
<laughs> I love it dearly. I want you to love it too. So uh, we're going to, by the way, we're driving here this summer. In Ryan's car, because mine's dead. And Ryan's car, is that what he said? <laughs> why, I, why didn't mean to, but yeah. All right, so Albert's, um, Albert's description of the Mothman, that was mostly in the early 60s, early to mid 60s, right? Well, 66? I think that's technically the latter half. I'm sorry, 60s. hold on. I'm sorry. Hold on, <laughs> Ryan doesn't understand hold on. decades. I was thinking 62 again, but you that's not part of your... I wasn't... I was, I was not, thinking 62 I, to 66, but it's just 66. Started in 66. Okay, that's the latter half and that's of okay. the 60s. Damn it. The mid to latter half. Mid to latter half. Yeah. We're going to go a few years back to 1952. Mm. September 12th, 1952. Okay. And I just want to paint a picture for you. What, what was going on in America at the time in the 50s? America was in the grips of the Cold War. Fears abound of the atomic of atomic bombs from those gosh darn Russians, who Ooh. who we love. We have we have uh, Russian we listeners. We have no qualms with the Russians. No, it's frustrating to us that our that our you know the political systems that guide our countries have so much beef with each other. I wish more people could be Russian so that I could love them more. <laughs> Me too. Right. Also, it, could send us an email, please. We, you, so we got a lot of Russian listeners. We do. Uh, after that's our, cool. Our uh, Russia is our in our top five countries, and we haven't done a song for them yet. We've 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 uh, talked about them before. Okay. I mean, we'll do a song next time. Maybe they need a song. We'll yeah. we'll talk about it. So, uh, but anyway, I mean, listen. If you're from Russia, if you're from America, y'all remember the Cold War? It was cold. I think. <laughs> well, they're probably like in Russia. They're like, we just call it the war. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always cold in Russia. <laughs> it's always cold in Russia. And um but no, like there was the all of the uh you know like the in schools you would have kids um eating with, brains. No, why can't I think of like just the term that was that was being used. When you went under the desks for the bomb. Yeah, what the, was the, that called? The, the air raid drills. Yeah, air raid drills. Right? Exactly. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's what you were talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> We're on, we're in sync. We're we're so in sync, and you know tensions were high in the fifties. Yes, of of course. Um, right before before a few months before this this sighting that I'm about to talk about in Flatwoods, uh, West Virginia, Life Magazine had published a story on flying saucers called "Have We Visitors from Space?" Have we? And the article was filled with all of these credible accounts i'm doing he's air quoting air quoting up by my head actually. i see i see that <laughs> credible accounts of flying saucer sightings and I, I i also want to mention as a side note that the cover of this life magazine was marilyn monroe oh well that's because some people think that marilyn monroe was actually killed because she was talking about all sorts of alien shit Holy shit! That's true, dude. I gotta show you the cover of this cover. Uh, the cover of this Life magazine. That is one of the theories. It's Marilyn Monroe, looking great, well, and then there's yeah. just and then there's just this flying saucers caption next to her head. Yes, it's so crazy. Yes, we'll, we'll post it. Apparently, she used to get wasted and talk about how flying saucers are everywhere, and she's like, "Well, I'm also with JFK," and then they were like, <laughs> "We've got to take her out." <laughs> Isn't that, you know, just like the, 
I don't know the correlation between like pop culture and UFOs and the government. There's mm. just like this weird trifecta yeah. that exists in American culture. Oh, yeah, it's what's yeah. going on. Well, they're all they're 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 sexy secret, right? Sexy secrets, right? It's like yeah. it's like it's big. Uh-huh. It's like untouchable, and it's a lot of mystery, right? A lot of mystery. Like, of course, you're going to be drawn to these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. The, tri- Sexy. the trisexta. Trisexta. Damn it. If that is not, if a, that's not, if that's if not if an that episode not in, title, in thing, I don't know what it is. Right. <laughs> we had one, but maybe that, let's just leave it at that. So anyway, um, let, me, let me paint the scene for you. With Vlad? No, well, well, maybe. Okay. So a couple of boys are playing. Ed and Freddie May. They're 12 and, 17 and 13. And uh, they see... In the sky, a red light streak, and then they they hear yeah. a crash on a nearby farm, right. and they're like, "We got to check this out. We're little boys in the fifties. We've got cute clothes on, and we've got the black glasses. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> yeah, Buddy Holly, <laughs> Buddy Holly. <laughs> what was that kid's so name? They call they call up their friend Tommy." Who's ten? They call up their mom. The mom brings the dog. More dog stuff going on. Well, rut row. Few other boys show up. Who could resist? Can you imagine? Yeah, being in the fifties. What's going on? You already read all your comics. All the comics have been read. All the food has been eaten. Definitely. And you are just looking up at the sky, and you see a red light streak. Wow. Daytime or nighttime? You nighttime. Know? Night. Yeah. That's. Oof. But listen, they're still they're still young, you know, between the ages of, of ten and uh, seventeen. All the boys that are there, and and uh, one of the moms accompanies them. So they they go like walking towards where they feel like this this thing might have have crashed. Yeah, and they end up um, on this hill, and so a lo- I'll just tell you this: local newspaper reported this. Seven Braxton County residents on Saturday reported seeing a 10-foot Frankenstein-like monster in the hills above Flatwoods. Yes. A National Guard member, Gene Lemon, was leading the group when he saw what appeared to be a pair of bright eyes in a tree. Bright eyes. What color? Red. No. (laughs) Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Well, I'm starting to, but I want... any way... I'm starting to. So uh, several different people kind of like a- accumulated to uh, approach yeah. approach where this this crash ha- happened. And the uh, the National Guard member who showed up, who was only 17 at the time, but still. Wow. You could be a National Guard at 17, huh? <sighs> what, 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 what paths have we chosen that we're not in the National Guard? Can you still be in the National Guard at 17? I don't think so. I think it's like an 18-year-old thing now. Well, right? people became men much earlier, I think, back then. Yes, I'm much earlier. I'm still waiting Dude, for eight, my letter to become a man. Dude, boy, like in World War II, World War I, boys were pretending to be 17 just so they could go to war. Could you imagine? Because they, they felt that passionately about defending their country. Right, because they've been lied to so hard. I know. That's, that's what a... No, no. It was... I mean... World War II. That's a good reason. Oh, oh, oh. Killing okay. Nazis. Oh, yes. That's a good reason. Yeah. You're thinking of Vietnam, maybe. Still, I'm waiting for the draft. <laughs> if we get drafted, that's going to be stripes. 
<laughs> I mean, if we make it to 40, they don't want us anymore, right? I don't think they want us now. No, they don't. They don't know us now. They, if they knew us, they wouldn't want us at any age. <laughs> right, right. So this National Guard, you know, and 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 this group of people that they they all kind of, um, you know, converging, uh, converging. Yes. Thank you. That's that was one of our uh, Greek and Latin root words that we did right, in school good for you. They're learning big words in fifth grade over there. Yes. So Lemon screamed, fell backwards, and he, you know, he said that there was a ten-foot monster. It had a blood-red body. And a oh, green yeah. face seemed to glow, and uh-huh. may, there was apparently there was a lot of mist um, at the time that they were in the sure. hill, and so they it may have had claws, but it was just kind of difficult to tell. Well, you don't know. It could be from the tr- the crash. It could be some hydrogen. Who knows? Spewing out there, something like that. Um, but the next day, some a, a few people went back to kind of like. You know, some reporters went back to corroborate whether or not this actually seemed plausible, and they found some mm. some unidentifiable slime. Yes, in the exact place that this stood. Wonderful. And there was also some sort of noxious smell, uh, a strange maybe from the slime, a strange, terrible smell that uh, that. The, the group of people that saw this thing, the Flatwoods monster, said they smelled it. And then even the next day, you could smell it. Did they gather up some slime to, for testing? Well, there's a Flatwoods monster museum, which we're going to go to. Yeah, and they, they, do, <laughs> they do have a piece of bark from the tree where they said they, they saw this, this creature um, perched or standing next to. Yes. I don't know. We'll have to get them that museum. And yeah, we'll get in. We will. <laughs> we will. We will touch the bark. We we will get in. Um. So there were, you know, afterwards there were a lot of interviews. This made national news, right? Yes. So it started off as like a local local thing. It was only known about in West Virginia, and then it quickly spread across the nation and kind of spawned this this extraterrestrial scare there had been recent ufo sightings um in different areas of the country dc baltimore you know a little further south down the coast and this kind of like aligned with when that was happening cool which is yeah i mean like i also find it pretty listen we know that people are out there like bullshit blah 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 but like you just have to think i don't know i think our audience might not be yeah, I, yeah. We might have the people be <laughs> like, "Oh no, that is super good." Yeah, we like that. That sounds right with me. I mean, like the the brother, those two first two brothers who I had mentioned, who yeah. had seen the 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 streak in the sky and then had had called their mom and then like ran to it. They're in their seventies now, and they're still like, they're sick of being interviewed. Right. They still stand by their story, and they're like, "We don't care if people believe us or not anymore." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're like we don't we don't want to talk about it, but we also don't give a shit. I would love to get in front of these people <laughs> because I want to be like, be like, okay, I know you've done this a hundred thousand times, right? But yeah. <laughs> well, just, we're, different. Not, we're different. We're <laughs> different. Listen, this is Doobie a monster. Right. We do things a little differently here. Just I know I would. That's the problem. So Ryan and I we're going to go on this monster road trip this summer, but. The problem is going to be we're going to get a lot of jaded interviewees, mm-hmm. but I think we could. I think we could 
warm them. We can we can we can get them into our. We can warm them up. Yeah. What's, what, 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 what am I trying to say? I think we can convince them that we're different. Perhaps. You know? Yeah. I don't know who we're we'll interviewing. We'll say we don't care. We don't care if if it's real or no, not. I don't care. We'll just let's just hang out. Um. So anyway, have you ever heard of Gray Barker? He he's like a UFO writer. Gray Barker. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. He he's like um this guy who did a lot of research on UFOs, and he he interviewed some of these people. And some of the the characteristics that he was able to find was that it had a round, blood red face, a large pointed hood like shape. I'm going to show you a picture in a, in a bit. Um, and the eyes, like eyes like shapes, which emitted greenish orange light and a dark black or green body. But the, I've also seen like uh, some artistic representations that had red eyes. But I don't know. I don't know which ones. Well, and right. also, uh, earlier you mentioned that the body was red, but the head was green. Yeah. So here's the thing. I look, M- Mothman sometimes was didn't even have a head. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're gonna get different, uh, you know, explanations. Yeah, because like the colors stuff. like sort of swapped with this uh, this this UFO writer who's talking about. You know, it. here's the thing. It could be like so many things. It could be like misdocumenting it it could be like if you're interviewing them too late it could also be um you know it's nighttime whatever you could see a lot of different things but my thing is this for the moth man at least like and your guy you're you're talking about a 10 foot tall creature right yeah so once you get past a certain height, it's just clearly <laughs> not human, right? Like, like yeah, okay, we have seven foot basketball players now, but yeah, like America yeah. was much shorter back then, right? <laughs> and and Maybe. I just I just feel like at some point you gotta at least be like, it was weird. Yeah, it was yeah. it was weird. Something like, weird happened. You're trying to pin it down, but you you get you don't don't get lost in the details. You know, like I I I believe you, even though some of the things are different. But this is what's interesting. So this prompted the U.S. Air Force to come check it out and investigate. That's a big deal. Now, ha- have you heard of Project Blue Book? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Project Blue Book was essentially the air force's investigation of ufo sightings yes extra possibilities of extraterrestrial life and you they've since declassified the entire findings of project blue book you you can look them up i was on it today looking at the national archives of project blue book cool and there's some interesting stuff i mean they they stopped doing it in 1969 it started in 1947 um, with a sighting in Mount Rainier, uh, Washington. Yes. And so I, I actually was trying to find some uh, Rainier beer, but I couldn't. They don't sell it out here in the East East Coast, which is bullshit. It's nice and cheap out there. I know. It's fucking. I, we, yeah. It was really nice drinking that out West. It was. But anyway, for you uh, West Coasters, we have can, one on us. Yeah, have one on us. <laughs> but anyway, that this guy saw uh, claims he he and his dog were in like a boat fishing at night and saw a ufo and the dog and the co- dog corroborate was like, that story <laughs> <laughs> but um so that's kind of what started it and this was um the next sort of big thing um and uh so 1947 or 1969 this project blue book existed in the US Air Force yes so 
There were 12,618 sightings reported to Project Blue Book. 701 remain unidentified, meaning they just could not figure out what it could have been. Okay. So uh, are the ones that are identified, or does that mean they're all that like means legit? That, yeah, well, no, no. That means that like, they, figured definitely out, UFOs. they figured out some way to explain it away. Okay. So then still, though, plenty that are still unidentified. Yeah. Apparently, there's like a TV show now that exists called Project Blue Book. I think it's like X-Files. Yeah. But based on the, um, the scientific the science consultant that was sort of like heading that thing. You know, I think I tried to watch like five minutes of that. I, and somebody yeah. told me about that. That yeah. was the thing. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Project blue book. And I, and I, I tried to watch it. Uh, and cool. I was like, I'm not getting, it's not, it's not drawing me in, uh, it, yeah. but I could have been drunk. I don't know. Like I, I, let's <laughs> give it been another drunk. shot. might've been history channel. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. Well, so anyway, um, a, a couple of Air Force investigators reportedly showed up to Flatwoods posing as magazine writers, and this is considered one of the earliest sightings of the men in black. Mm. But, uh, you know, like, it's just the whole thing is so unclear. You know what I mean? Like, what you were what, saying, like, how black? they... Yeah, like, the whole men in black thing. Men in black, I just... So, the, the men in black I'm so fascinated by because it could be... Any number of things, but I, I think that what most people would say is that it's between two different things. It's it's either this super high level secret government yeah. organization that like essentially answers to no one, right? Or they themselves are extraterrestrials. Yeah, are, yeah, yeah. That are that are trying to keep things quiet because what you hear about a lot of Men in Black um, interactions is that they will be like. Um, what if we told you that you should not talk about this <laughs> to right. anyone? Yeah. But which is weird because it's that they're like I I I lean more towards them being extraterrestrials themselves or maybe ultra terrestrials. Yeah. Because there's something so inhuman about the way that they interact. Even their threats are yeah. not not really threatening. They're like, what if we asked you not to? Yeah. Why well, you know? I wonder how many people out there don't like you know the Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones movie Men in Black is based on real, a, a real you know sighting. Men, Men of, in Black the movies right are I mean we watched them when we were younger and you could kind of just be like okay like it's a blockbuster campy sort of thing right but yeah. like there is so much real quote unquote real. Uh, like ufologist stuff that is that is directly used in the Men in Black movies. Like even the, the scene that I love the most is when uh, Tommy Lee Jones is like, "All right, let's go hit the papers," and he goes to like Sun. He goes yeah Daily to the, whatever. To the yeah. Uh, whatever those tabloid things, yeah. and he's like, "It's all right here," you know. And you know when I was reading the Hollow Earth book, you know they talk about how really this this is by design that these people are trying to put stuff out there. And the government shuts them down, but only lets them print in tabloids. So it's like putting it out there, but, but people yeah. are going to instantly, it like discredits itself because it's not a credible yeah. news source, which is by design. By design. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I, no, I just, no. I love this shit. <laughs> like, it's, like... it's awesome. But um, anyway, so I don't know. So like, I just thought that was cool because it's like one of the earliest 
alien sightings in America. And, you know, there's a monster museum down there. They, one of the diners is a Flatwoods monster burger. Come on. Double burger, double cheese. Well, yeah. And I also got you this Flatwoods monster patch. We'll call it the Phantom of Flatwoods. Oh my God. This is beautiful. Oh my God. (laughs) Guys. Okay. So this is. It's got a yellow and green background with some red mountains in the background. And it is like, it looks sort of like a lady in a dress, but it's an alien lady hovering with a hood, Flatwoods, West Virginia. Wow. So we'll wear these on our jackets for our Dubia Monster This trip. is beautiful. Beautiful. Hey, last two episodes were two monsters, two patches. That's right. We need a patch per sode. So anyway, guys, beautiful. next time you're in West Virginia, look for the Phantom of Flatwoods. Wow. Okay. All right, guys. So we're going to talk to our dear friends from Colombia, Los Aquis, Danielle and Alejandro. And uh, we hope you enjoy. We're going to play some music for you guys and then um, ask some questions about you know, basically how they came up with this concept or, or where they got their inspiration from for all this badass South American alien stuff. Yeah, and this just feels like the beginning of a beautiful kind of relationship. <laughs> here. Like this, this feels like we're officially planting the seed in the digital uh, you know, dirt here. And uh, I, just, dirt. I would just love to say, before we get started with the interview, I would just like to say... To my Losa Keys boys, Quiero Crier. Quiero Crier. Quiero Crier. I want to believe. I want to believe. I love you guys. I, I cannot <laughs> wait to slap hands. <laughs> it's going to be great. from Los Aquis. I know, it's so good. Um, so, welcome, Danielle and Alejandro, to Dubia Monster. So, our first question, are the Los Aquis a fictional people that you developed as a background for your project, or do you have genuine beliefs in the race? Because that's kind of what I was curious about. Like, do you, do you kind of think that they actually exist? Because Albert and I definitely believe in that stuff. No, this race is a creation of us. 
It is influenced by Anunnaki mythology because Losakis are descendants of extraterrestrials who had a lot of sex with aborigines to avoid extinction. This is why they have an appearance between indigenous and alien. This is reflected in some elements that we implement in our music as well. All right, guys, question number two. Are the Anunnaki that you have referenced in the Losakis history the same from Sumerian mythology? Can you describe the physical appearance of the Anunnaki's? How does the physical appearance of the Anunnaki's differ from their Losakis descendants? Hmm. Because I want to know what those babies look like. <laughs> okay. Well, we don't have much clarity about the physical appearance of the Anunnaki because we didn't meet them 450,000 years ago. <laughs> And it said that the Anunnaki didn't allow the Sumerian to paint their actual appearance on the pictograms. But in the Sumerian pictogram, they look like humanoids with angel wings and some animal features. Others say that they were reptilians and there were pictograms with these reptilian character characteristics. So, Losakis are an alien race that descends from them and mixes with aborigines from planet Earth. Uh, so, Losakis have big black eyes like aliens and a small nose. Their skin is greenish, but they also have uh, some human features and they also adopted body modification like the aborigines cultures. For this reason, they also have tattoos, face paintings, expansions, and piercings. Mm. That's awesome. I didn't know. I like. I, I get like the reptilian thing. I'm thinking of like Doctor Who. You know that yeah. reptilian race that lives underground. <clears throat> yeah. Well, the reptilians is a huge like um, alien thing. Like about like uh, especially if you. Uh, imagine like the beginning of the human race like yeah. I was talking about like you know reptilians uh, breeding with humans uh, like I, I actually I guess I don't really even understand it but like reptilians essentially came down and were trying to breed with humans for a long time and a lot of times it would not work and then essentially yeah. it did after a long enough time and I don't know. Like the, some people think Hitler is a, a reptilian. Like, no, no, I'm not, really? I'm not kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's like a lot of different theories about like who the reptilians are. All right. Alejandro, my younger self with better hair. Are there any famous monsters or mythological creatures from Colombian culture that interest you? Because as you can tell, there are a lot of American monsters that really interest me and big old rye guy here. Yes, there are many stories about terrifying creatures, but not here in Bogota, because it's the capital and it's a more urban city. But we grew up in Villavicencio, it's a city more rural, and there were some stories told. I don't know why, but... Almost all these stories take place in the forest or mountains or rural landscapes. <laughs> so there, there were the legend of the whistle, whistling man or the man who whistled. And it said that man killed his, his father 
and dismembered his and then his grandfather punished him and whipped him and sent a course that that will carry his father's body for all eternity so when that soul appeared you only listen a whistle if the whistle is hard close it's because the man is far away and if it's hard far it's because the, the that man is close then you will only see the shadow of him before he kill you <laughs> oh my god Uh, well, another story is called Fireball. It's about a woman who was locked up and burned with her children inside her house. Now it appears in the form of a fireball. When that happens, it says that you have to say many courses for this creature to go away. So, for example, you say, get out of here, motherfucker. I'm not afraid of you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And this ball keeps getting smaller until disappear. So if you are a religious person and you start praying, you are a dead man. And now you have to prepare your best offenses for this creature. <laughs> and one of the most famous story in Mexico and also here in South America is the Weeping Woman. She's a woman that drowned her children in the river and then she killed herself. Now she's a lost soul who appeared in the rivers and other places, cry and say, Where are my children? And if she catch you, she will drown you in the river too. And if she doesn't have a river nearby, I don't know what will happen. <laughs> But she will surely kill you. Oh, shit. Wow. Oh, those, all three of those I, are really fucking cool. I, yeah, I have so much to say. <laughs> First of all, my thing is this. If, if you kill the kids, then no need to kill yourself. You got, you got, free, you got free, you can do whatever you want now. You can, you can be a teenager again. Which one of those three is the, is the is, do you uh, like the most? My favorite is the whistling, the whistling one, one because yeah. I like how if the whistling is close, yeah. he's far away. But if it sounds far away, he's right there. I Shadow, know, dead. Love it. It's so fucked up. How about you? Um, it's okay if it's the same. I think it's... I, I really... There's something about a whistle that... You know, like a, a strange whistle in the distance. Like a boatswain whistle? A, a bosun whistle? Whoops. Oh, uh, I said it wrong. <laughs> Patrick's gonna kill me. No, but that's... I really like that if it's, if it's far away, you're like, oh, shit. Right. But uh, the fi I, I also like cursing at a fireball, though. I like that, too. Get out of here, you motherfucker. You motherfucking <laughs> son of a fucking... <laughs> so good. Um, but moving on to your music, guys. So what are some of the major influences on your music? You guys write some awesome electronic stuff. Mm, I think that when we make our music, we have nothing in mind. But all these sounds that we like are impossible to hide because nothing comes from nothing. And many projects have taught us a lot of artists. Among them are um, Sigur Ross, Bjork, Radiohead, 
Massive Attack, Sunny Good, Mr. Bungle, Tool, and a lot of traditional music around the world. Oh, that's cool. I like I like how like the breadth of uh, influences involved there. Can't go wrong with Bjork. Bjork. All right. How about this? Uh, when or where did your interest in the Anunnaki's originate? Like, did you guys discover them by accident, or is this a topic that you sought out to research on your own? What what got you started? Well, I think the pictograms of the Sumerians and these ancient civilizations are very interesting. They're amazing architectural constructions that have no explanation and seem to have been built by beings more advanced than us. That's wonderful. And sometimes I like to imagine how this could have been. Also, we like to implement these stories, modified, of course, by us, in our artistic performance. But I am not an ex extremist person on this topic, to the point of blindly believing in this in these theories because I could go crazy. <laughs> My personal experience is more important to me. Well, it's all about the personal experience. Definitely. So um, I think that kind of answers uh, like the, what I was thinking of, like whether or not you guys believe you are actual descendants of the Anunnaki's. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, if so, will you be the first alien-human hybrids to endorse Dubia Monster? Yeah. Also, can we have some of your DNA for science? Uh, yes, yes, and no. <laughs> yes, we can have Science it. is corrupt, and I don't want to be kidnapped in Area 51. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So that's a no to yeah, giving us the that's DNA. A no. That's a no All DNA. All right, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> All right, guys. So last question. Last man. question is: Do you perform your music live? And like, what's the digital music scene like in Bogota? And is there like a visual component that goes along with the shows? Because just listening to what we've heard of you guys and seeing your Instagram posts and stuff like that, like I can only imagine that it must be visually pretty stunning. So what's it? What's it looking like out there? Yes, we have a performance ready for our live sets. In fact, we like to listen to our music in live sets more than records because we can mix our songs and create some bridges that connect one song with the other. We also like to improvise a bit. This seems to us to make the music sound more alive and the people who have listened to us live also think the same. Mm, well, the electronic scene in Bogota and Colombia has been growing a lot. More and more festival and people attend these festivals. Uh, well, before the quarantine, but, but I hope this continues. And yes, of course, the visual component is very important to us. We have been preparing our performance with some people who are working on TV, with some plastic and visual art artists. 
We think they are wonderful artists and we have been preparing with them our costumes, our masks and everything related to the live performance. Awesome. Yeah, and we loved your last photo shoot. You guys looked amazing. Yeah, you guys look amazing. Alien masks, right? So fucking cool. Or maybe they're not masks. Ooh, maybe, maybe that's your true self. Yeah, maybe that's what Daniel and Alejandro look like. Yo, guys, so thank you, thank you so, so much. much for doing that. I know, it was great talking to you guys. And um, everyone out there, please check out Los Aquis. Um, you can find their music on Spotify. And um, yeah, it's just a pleasure to get to talk to you guys and get to know you and to share some alien love. Yeah. And it's just really so awesome. Uh, I feel like we're both in a similar kind of, uh, you know, thing where we're, we're kind of trying to build our own little thing. And then the fact that we were able to connect, uh, with, there's no way you could have predicted that we would have all, all connected, but it's it's so satisfying. And totally, um, you know, like we wish you all the best of luck, but we, you know, we also hope that we can do something together because it feels like. Uh, we're on the same kind of extra terrestrial plane. <laughs> so guys, thank you so much for doing that with us. Great. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today. And uh, we're going to end the show with a song. Uh, the newest song from Los Aquis called Tristeza Wayu. And until next, next time, time, do be a monster. Be a monster.